Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions, uh, the only tabletop podcast. The only one? The only one. We're it. Really? No, we're not. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm a terrible liar. But I'm also, <laughs> I'm also Liz. Uh, and joining me tonight, uh, as always, are my co-hosts. I'm also Cassie. And I am Fran. Also. Uh, for the time also I, as well. Uh, except for the time I was briefly Colonel Sanders. That's right. Uh, yes, anyway. but more on that exciting development later. Yeah. Unless you want to do that now. No, God no. no, <laughs> My no, no, no. Uh, so, <laughs> how, how are y'all doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Got to be in a in a first edition uh, AD and D session yesterday, which is always fun. Nice. Yep. And I get to be as does Fran at Watsi on Friday for the release of um, the Border Gate. The sent into Avernus thing. Yeah. Yep. Oh, jealous. Yeah. Sarah is out. My wife is out there right now reading the module and going, "Oh my God! Oh." Oh my God! So uh, yeah, yeah, Sarah, Sarah I, will be running as well as a bunch of other uh, DMs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm. This is this is the one I've been waiting for. Like I love Baldur's uh, Gate. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to hear how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I got well, you. the oh, my 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 wife has an early release of the module because she is running it, so she has yeah. to be ready for it. And, and I can say that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and this is not the entire book. This is just the short mm. bit that we're going to be playing. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you but can say she that. is, yeah, she is saying that the deluxe version is really, really super superb with loads of very cool extras. I might have to, like, normally I don't get the extra version of these, of these big books. Mm-hmm. I might have to do it this one because. Yeah. Yikes! I'm such a big Baldur's Gate fan. Yeah, well, I would, I would say it makes sense. I don't know what we're gonna get, whether we'll get the deluxe version or not, but mm-hmm. uh, it'll yeah. be fun, no matter what. I'm really mm-hmm. looking. Forward. What yeah. about you, Fran? How you? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been being old and unkind to my back, so uh, that's mostly been my week. Uh, although I did get a um, surprise present from past Fran, who uh, was apparently on a Japanese website and went, that Gundam pre-order looks really good. Six months from now, I'll be really excited to get it. So um, um, I saw I that have, picture. Uh, that looks yeah. incredible. And you forgot the, about it entirely? I forgot about it utterly because it was literally six months ago and uh yeah so the rx 93 new gundam uh real grade version of the kit is in my hands and uh it's uh it is pretty gorgeous so the real grades are really fun because they're super small but they're incredibly detailed Mm. yeah speaking of six months from now about seven months from now um i got a ticket to see adam at woo <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. I am excited. I, I he uh-huh. gives it a fantastic show, and um, I'm going to mm. be going all alone because no one wanted mm. to go with me. So uh, it's going to be an interesting evening. Mm-hmm. In- yep. Well, I finally I finally got to run the second part of uh, the first Ghost of Saltmarsh adventure. 
Uh, nice. Uh, did not. So my players, uh, small slight spoilers. If you're playing in or planning on playing in Ghost of Saltmarsh, so you you have been warned. Give me about five minutes. <laughs> um. So the, the there there's a prisoner. Uh, Oceanus. Did you, have you all ever played the first module? I don't know um, which one I played. Yeah, uh, I don't know where in the order we played the one on the boat. That this might be the one. Uh-huh. Anyway, there's a, there's a sea elf. No, this isn't the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's several on the boat, but there yeah, uh-huh. uh, there's a sea elf that's been captured. They rescued him. He's their new uh-huh. best friend. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, Until he stabs in the mid back, I take it. Or uh, no, I the way like, he's not. He was kind of like, he's just kind of a throwaway NPC. Mhm. Oh, which like, automatically means he's the party's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wasn't planning on having him back. He I did this weird mm-hmm. accent that I I'm not sure I can reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> I hate uh, it when that happens. Yep. And well, and then I doubled it because we were fighting pirates. Mm-hmm. So yep, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of that. A lot of yeah. hooks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yep, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, kind of put myself over a barrel on of stupid voices on that one, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. know. But at least they're all alive. Yeah, they all. Oh, and they're level three. Oh, that that's Yay. great. Like I just said, I was like, listen, I'm tired of you being squishy. You're level three now. <laughs> we'll track experience yeah. starting with the next one. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And and 5e lends itself pretty well to um, a relatively quick advancement within modules and be um, encounter related or milestone related leveling rather than, you know, oh, well, you know, you haven't actually earned those new spells there, bucko. Yeah, no, it it feel it felt like I honestly none of the players felt bad about it. They're like, yeah, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Felt really organic. Cool. Uh, really enjoying it though. Um, like, uh, but what we are talking about tonight, that we were continuing our discussion from last week on how to kind of player player plots and GM plots where they intersect, how they can be interwoven. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess I'm going to... Our first question that I want to throw to you two. Uh, have you done this? Like, have you successfully... I know you both play more than run, but have you successfully taken a side plot or something that you've been interested in and helped it feel natural into the campaign? Well, Fran definitely has. Um, I'd like to think so. Well, I mean, you have an advantage uh, in in some of the games in that you were living with the 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 DM. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, you came up with all of the uh, all the stuff for your character in the Scarred Lands game. That one, yeah, I... the focus of the Scarred Lands game. Well, I end up I. I get bored with just straight combat, and so if you don't give me a bard to play so that I can do all the talking, um, I tend to come up with things that are interesting about my character. And yeah, in the Scarred Lands, I I sort of accidentally created a character who sort of kind of um, 
ended up being really important. Basically, uh, when the Scarlands uh, setting first came out, we didn't really have a ton of resources that explained everything. And nothing. I decided, sorry, go ahead. I just said we had nothing. We had the yeah. Gals Gazetteer. Mm -hmm. Yep. I remember that book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it, it was, it's, it's great. It's a fantastic piece. But yeah, so I created a character and I said, so this guy is a cleric of Denev. And Sarah was like, yeah, okay, you know, because I want to be somebody more neutral, and I don't really like a lot of the other people, and Hadrata's a dick. And um, uh, Sarah was like, yeah, sure, that should be fine. And then we discovered that, well, there aren't clerics of Denev because she's a titan. She has druid followers, but she doesn't really have, you know, worshippers, and you can't get spells by praying to her. And I was like, okay, um, hmm, what if... He believes he's a cleric. Well, he knows he's a cleric, but he's actually um, he's actually been claimed by two people. He's been claimed by Denev and Vangel, the god of war. And Sarah was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I came up with this whole backstory of uh, him having uh, basically fought off a, uh, a, uh, a hobgoblin commander who showed up in his tiny little dirt farmer village killed the cleric and was like i rule here now and and uh jervis was like no you don't and stabbed him in the chest with a pitchfork because jervis was the apprentice to the local cleric and um so the hobgoblin looks at jervis kind of sways for a moment cuts him almost in half with his axe this giant nasty battle axe and then both of them fall over, and the hobgoblin is dead, and Jervis is pretty much dead. And so the village takes him aside and, and lays him out, and everybody's mourning, you know, oh, Jervis, you're the hero of the village, you're the hero of the village, and he lies there dying, but he doesn't die. He recovers, and he's got this scar that runs almost all the way back to his spine, going right, right past his belly button. And eventually he gets up and is like, I'm, I'm okay. And the folks in the village who are, you know, dirt farmers and rather superstitious and, and really don't want to have anything to do with anything big in the world, they all kind of go, yeah, here, take this axe and uh, go get out of here. But I, no, you, you don't belong here. Go, you, you probably have a destiny or something. Go get out of here. Go to Mithril or somebody, you know, somewhere where there's clerics and maybe they'll figure out what's going on with you. And so he basically gets kind of, you know, thank you for your service. Now leave town, out of town. And um, uh, the it ended up being a big feature of the campaign of sort of why exactly do you have this guy who should be some little know-nothing druid of Denev, who's been marked by the god of war and gets spells from the god of war every day when he prays. And then it developed uh, beyond mm -hmm. that with yep. all the all of the other gods also claiming this character. And it, it, yeah. it, like I said, it wound up becoming, I'm just trying to summarize a little bit, mm. it wound up becoming yeah. a great big focus of the campaign. I mean, mm -hmm. to the extent that Jervis is now an official character in the Scarred Lands official canon universe, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So 
that and that sounds like a like good integration. Like it was like your party, mm-hmm. like your party bought into it. It made sense mm-hmm. for everybody well, to be okay. there. Let me let yeah. me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Um, it's it's hard to talk about buy-in in that case because mm. it really, as I said, Fran was sleeping. Yeah, I was kind of after. sleeping with Jean. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't buy-in so much as it was. This is what is happening. It is part of the game. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go with yeah. it. Yeah. And it became. It wound up becoming part of the game because uh, it didn't start out that way, and it wound up becoming mm-hmm. more and more important as the game went on. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think most of us were fine with that, and it was intriguing, you know, how mm-hmm. it worked, especially. Once Jervis retired and um, someone else had to be the compact mm-hmm. between the gods, which is a funny yeah. story. doesn't actually involve this topic. Um, mm-hmm. But, but um, it was less of a buy-in and more of a presented to us as, here you go, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think that does. Um, so we, I guess i've run into situations where i have played in people's games um there's one particular three five game that comes to mind where i wasn't like i didn't have all these ideas but i kind of wanted to have some have some agency in the world Mm -hmm. like like i guess just basic player agency um but i have seen so this game master had written she had like she had about like like a like a binder, like one of those big three inch binders are <laughs> uh, overflowing with like notes and setting materials that and things. Like, that, that sounds like what's what what our friend Sarah what Fran's wife Sarah mm-hmm. does as well. And, yeah. And that's and that's cool. Like I I think that that's cool. Um I mean we can do a, a whole episode on prep. And different kinds, but where <laughs> what what kind of makes me leery whenever I see that because mm. of this experience is well, no, you don't know the lore, you haven't done it, you haven't done, mm-hmm. done anything, so it's like you're gonna yeah, go just settle in, just settle in for your nice train ride, okay? Yep, it's like okay, uh, I guess. Like I was a C, like I I was playing a rogue because I like to poke corners that maybe aren't supposed to be poked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see what I see what I can get into and uh, yeah I didn't I didn't get to do that. Um, but like yeah, that, that like, I'm that's, always. That's not a game. That's a person who wants to write a novel. Yeah, yeah. very much. In fact, I think she did and like mm-hmm. tried to self-publish it. I, I, it mm-hmm. was a whole thing. But um, anyway, like that really turned me off. Like mm-hmm. doing, like doing any kind. Like for me as a game master, like I would do some of that. That really turned me off doing that kind of thing. And it's pretty much I want to do improvis- improvisational, whatever the players can come up with. That's what we're gonna mm-hmm. go do. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about the game that we were talking about is it sort of falls in between the two things in that um, the game, the, the, the DM has, you know, basically these are the things that are going to happen. The players mm-hmm. get to decide what they want to do, how they want to, how they want to um, do this. Like, but if you go and take care of this fire, 
this fire happens. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So you you absolutely have agency. It's just stuff is happening in the world that is affecting mm-hmm. the entire yeah entire main major uber plot overplot kind of thing. Yeah. What I what I was going to talk about um, in the same game is that um, I had a very good idea of who my character was, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the DM also had a very good idea of who my character was, and they didn't always meet up. Yeah. And so she would she kept trying to push me into these things, and I kept reacting in ways that she didn't understand. Um, like um. I, I was playing a paladin, and um, mm-hmm. and for all intents and purposes, you know, there came this point where I lost my faith. You know, stuff had happened mm-hmm. so much that I was like, I don't, I, I don't understand this anymore. I eventually gained it back, but she was, I, I could tell that I threw uh, the DM for a loop. Um, mm-hmm. She also tried to set me up with um, a gold dragon. She's like, he's really awesome. He's really great, and I'm like. My character doesn't know. My character's not interested. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. my I continually had to do this. Sorry, my character's not interested. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my character's not interested. Um, well, you know, to be fair, that is kind of what dating guys can be like. So well, yeah, that is true. But it got to be a bit much when that, you know, that was entirely me joking. You're absolutely right to be upset about that. Yeah. I wasn't upset. Well, I may I may have been a little upset at the time, but I wasn't mm-hmm. upset. I was just like, just you know, stop pushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, there's that kind of thing too. Yeah. No, I I agree absolutely, and um, I loved that character. She was so amazing, but I I had to retire her when I did because she was done. Yeah. Yep. No, and then and there's, yeah, your well, your character continues to have effects in the world, by the way, because, oh uh, God, we're getting to war story territory. But, yeah, we um, are. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I remember making this kind of mistake a lot when I started as a GM because I would get these great story ideas that I would want to tell the players, and that's, that's only a good place to be if your players are there to hear a story Mm -hmm. um and the story has to have a place for the players in it as um as liz was saying you know you 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 have to there has to be a reason for your characters to be doing whatever they're doing and some of my early games were successful kind of in spite of that I would do these great big set pieces and, you know, destroy the world and then rebuild it and everything. And somewhere along the line, I started to go, all right, so I'm going to have this great big world. um, And I'm going to have an idea of where it's going to go if the players do nothing. But as soon as the players start doing stuff, the world is going to react to what they do. So they're going to have an influence on what happens i'll still have you know there'll be the sweep of history moving in the background doing whatever it's doing but as the players begin to grow in influence they should start to you know dictate some of the flow of events and if they decide that they're not interested in being a part of something i'm going to have to move off of that and 
it may continue to tick over in the background, like, oh, by the way, now that, you know, the, you know, Colastia is at war with the rest of Eastern Gelsbad, and um, so uh, the prices on your owl bear farm are going to go up because it's going to be harder to get owl bears to ranch. But that's a bizarre, bizarre little. Uh, yeah, little, well. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it's like, huh? I wonder, like, what do you get from owl bears? Do you? Yeah. Do you milk XP, them? man. Yeah. yeah. XP. You've never heard of owl bear farming? Oh yeah, you raise them, you yeah. kill them, you get the XP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, I was really I was like, I mean. I don't know whether it's better or worse. My first thought was, do you milk them? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a brother who thinks he's an owlbear. We, 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 we'd, we'd like to tell him, mm-hmm. but we need the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess uh, the, the, the point is, um, is finding some flex, right? You know, mm-hmm. as if, uh, our uh one of our friends who's a gm did a fantastic job with this he was trying desperately to run a uh uh michael moorcock elric campaign and with no um, one had read elric before i think we talked about this before i think we talked yeah i think we did too and and basically the you know it was like it's it's a lovely idea but none of us understand the setting and uh we we mistake of doing this while I was not around. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we ended up with these very comedic characters in this incredibly not comedic setting. And uh, so he was just like, you know what? I want to run this game and uh, I see a fun avenue. And so he ended up just running with the comedy aspect of it and creating sort of, you know, something that was less Elric of Melnibene and more Elrod of Melvinbone. And uh, it ended up actually working out pretty well. You know, and I, and I think that's kind of what you've got to do. Like, uh-huh. if, and I'm not saying this for everyone, like, like I, but I, I think, because I, I have played in games that are just, you know, beer and pretzels and, and hack and slash. But, but I, I feel like for, I know for me, like a striking that balance striking mm-hmm. that um that kind of synthesis is yeah. is where i like to hit like yeah. like i've had this idea for a i want to run um uh green ronin's um song of ice and fire role-playing game mm-hmm. uh because they've got this really cool campaign that i want to run through um and it looks really neat but it's like you know, most of the people I, I, I know, shockingly, aren't really in the <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. a, Not at all. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I would have to change that around. I like, and definitely, uh, and like people who who might not, uh, sorry folks, I'm kind of having a brain day here. It's um, okay. Like, okay, like I guess my point is, like folks who might not know that subject matter, who might not necessarily be into all of that pre- premise, but they want to play with you because you know they want a game. They're your friend. You don't want to be left out. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave them out. Mm-hmm. Like, 
ultimately we have to remember that gaming is social. Well, I mean, yeah. and, and that's the problem that I have with some licensed gaming. I wasn't going to go there. I had something mm-hmm. else to say, but that's the problem I had with a lot of licensed gaming is that basically you have to get a group that wants to play in that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that can be difficult. I mean, and you have to get a group that, that, understand what to a certain extent with most of the licensed games you have to get a group that has some at least baseline understanding of that world to really have a a a good story i mean you know the 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 melnabene um uh story notwithstanding and and again it turned out not to be a melnabene or young Mm -hmm. story but for example um the the only time that i've been seeing something that's been and really successful is Star Trek because we all knew Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, Would but, you like to know the worst game I've ever run? Sure. Oh, of course. So, um, this is so this is a licensed property. It's Star Wars. Okay. Mm. Uh, I feel like if you're going to another thing about trying to plot wise get everyone on the same page. If it's a property that can be taken a lot of different ways, mm. make sure everyone gets that memo and yeah. and, and, <laughs> and is very and you're very clear and explicit about okay this is what we're doing. Yep. So uh, Star Wars for those of you who don't know, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, we were gonna run the idea was to we were running Saga Edition Star Wars. This is going to be a gritty uh, smugglers, scoundrels game. Whoa, that sounds awesome. It, yeah, I know, right? And uh, like, we're going to do that. And yeah. so everyone shows up at the table and people are like, like okay, like here's my, my, my smuggler. Here's my, my rogue. Here's my, uh, or not rogue, um, Mm-hmm. Whatever the class was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and then here's like, oh, here's my Jedi. And, mm. you know, at first I was like, I, I, I this was in college. I was, you know, at first mm-hmm. I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't be wrong. And the guy's like, I don't really want to play a Jedi. And it's like, okay, okay. So I pull out, um, I pull out the Force Unleashed Player's Guide. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, for everyone who remembers the video game, the Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a supplement for the uh, tabletop game based around it. Huh. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. You are a fallen Jedi. You know, you're you're not in the order. The order doesn't exist. You're on the run. You know. Was was this the D twenty Star yeah. Wars game? Okay. Yeah. All right. And the guys, like, okay, cool. Um, so like, first session starts where. You know, we're trying to like the whole goal of the of the session was to try to um, uh, find a way to get some crates out of the starport under Imperial Watch uh, into the hands of uh, you know local local scumbags mm-hmm. and uh, Jedi Jedi guys like uh, they're they're the evil Empire. I attack them. Ah. Oh. Oh God! And yeah. Like, I, 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 oh, okay. You you attack them. So they're, they're the big fight and their stuff. And 
kind of pull him aside after that. It's like, listen, you, you, you kind of get what we're doing here, right? You, you understand? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm into it. I'm down for it. It's like, oh, okay. He's supposed to be uh, hiding from the Empire, too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that, was like, that was like the thing. Like, you're, you're in hiding from the Empire. Like, yeah. And it's like. This is not how hiding works. <laughs> and like kind of kind of in counterpoint to your story. Like mm-hmm. what what I had happen was the other players after the session came to me and they're like, We don't wanna play with it. We don't wanna play this. Mm-hmm. Like we signed up for you know, this specific thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we're it's now turning into something we don't want. Yeah. And it's because of this person. And it's like, ugh. Which which kind of is the reason why I kind of thought of this topic too. It's like how do you mm-hmm. how do you kind of get your needs met as well as the game master? Yeah, because they're they're people too. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, as I as I have been saying throughout a bunch of these episodes, it's a collective game. Mm-hmm. It's a collective endeavor. And if one person is really, we had some problems with this where we actually mm-hmm. had have have a, a DM take a. A player aside and, and have talks with them but if there's one mm-hmm. uh player who is making it crappy for the rest of the the the, the party the rest of the the people around the table mm-hmm. that that that's you know it's it's one thing if it's like uh something that either enhances the game or it's only about you but it's one another mm-hmm. thing if it's totally disruptive of the game and isn't only yep. about you but it's about the effect on everybody else Right, and oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and in that case, then you know, you have to take that player aside and say, Look, where have we have a problem here? Yeah, and and I and I think what it comes down to is you have to be like, I try to be cognizant as a game master of spotlight time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like every player deserves a chance to be in that spotlight to affect. Yep. To affect the world for, you know, for, for, well, not to affect the world, but to affect the uh, game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's a real, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing to learn. Mm-hmm. Like it takes practice, but I think if you can kind of learn that to, to kind of be aware of like, okay, I've given this person some time to, to do their special thing, to, to kind of get uh-huh. into that and, um, you know, make them feel, make them feel satisfied and, and try to, try to find moments for everyone during the session. Sometimes, sometimes it's just not possible. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, but I feel like I know for me, for my style, I definitely, I definitely make sure everyone has, I, I try to make sure everyone has at least a one moment, a session. Mm-hmm. that's good that's good and of yeah. course there's some there are some games uh especially more recent games over the past you know 10 15 years huh, i guess that's recent um that are actually that actually have that baked into them oh uh, uh, don't speaking of reason <laughs> i was looking um i was looking at my first my my first edition of uh vampire the the requiem Oh wow! And I was like, mm-hmm. "This didn't come out too long ago." Which is the date? Oh yeah, I guess it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had, <laughs> I had that moment today. <laughs> oh That's yeah. 
Oh, as you mm-hmm. get older, you have those moments more and more, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> My hip! Wait, oh. wait, the 90s oh, wasn't that. 10 years ago? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, throwback edition? (laughs) Well, okay, I had that when, like, I found Surge at, like, Target. Oh, God. I was like, hey, I remember this. This Uh Oh, my God, the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah, we used to to get that uh, before uh, playing um, in some of our games uh, in the 90s. We would... Walk. We mm-hmm. we were all living. Well, a bunch of us were living in an apartment complex. We walk yep. across the street to Seven uh, Eleven, get mm-hmm. surge and drinks, and come back mm-hmm. and play whatever yep. the hell Matt was running that week. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So yep. I guess the moral. Oh. I guess the moral for this episode is, drink surge and try not to contemplate death. <laughs> I'm gonna, I say, oh wait, no, wait, no, gonna, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try for a better moral than that. Yeah, I, I can't believe. Is is it really available again? It, uh, is. it was. Yeah, you can. Um, I think it still is. Burger King is it has been carrying it. I know it, it was available all summer at Burger King. Yeah. Huh. So. I, I wonder. I wonder if it's actually like tasty or if it was no. just. No, I mean it tastes no, the same, really. but it's like I realize now it's like, oh God, no! Why did I drink this? Yeah. Oh right, I was ten. Yeah, it's uh, it, we don't it, have that excuse. <laughs> yeah, it resembles Mountain Dew, but you know, just kind of generally, it's well, kind I mean, of Mountain Mountain it re- did. It resembles Mountain Dew the same way grain alcohol resembles jet fuel. <laughs> I, mm. I remember liking liking it, but I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't it drink it okay. now. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It, it, well. And that, it had a great advertising campaign, that's for sure. It did. Uh, quote, great, unquote. <laughs> Surge. Well, Surge it, it, it was great in that it caught our attention and it made us buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had an effective yeah. advertising campaign. Yeah, fair I enough. Fair enough. Uh, um, okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh-huh. so getting back to the whole thing, I, getting yeah. back to what I want, something I wanted to say a while ago um, is mm-hmm. that um, you were talking about people um, having everything mapped out and blah blah blah. We are the best GMs that I've encountered don't have everything totally mapped out, but it mm-hmm. seems like they. And I have to say that that put me off game mastering for so long because I was so intimidated mm-hmm. by that. And when people were just like, run a game, run a game. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd literally like to run this game. I would sit there and design these huge things and realize that mm-hmm. they, by, at the end that they were stories. And unless I made yeah. my characters do exactly what I wanted, because I was trying to do what I saw and not what was mm-hmm. actually going on like our mm-hmm. uh, we have a friend it's incredibly good at this but mm-hmm. he definitely only starts out with maps and a general idea and then and then um you know is incredibly mm-hmm. nimble uh, as far as as far as adaptation but it didn't look like that to me it mm-hmm. looked like everything was set and that's yeah. You know, that's both 
intimidating when you want to start game mastering, and it's incredible when you're a player because mm-hmm. you do have AC, but you feel like you're part of this big story. Um, and, and then there are uh, people who have all the background info where you definitely have agency, but you understand that they're like, um, um, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's there's a really yeah. good book I can recommend from um, Sly Flourish uh, mm-hmm. called The Lazy Game Master's Guide. And mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much a guide to uh, uh, improvisation. So just, yeah. just what you're talking about, like building the skeleton and going from there. Yep. Huh. Um, I could also the the gnome engine guys. Mm-hmm. They do. They've done one called Never Unprepared. That is also pretty good. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I Kathy, I agree. Like, yeah. Like, I there feel is, like the... there's a reason that I mostly uh, uh, GM modules. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know what? That's actually a topic I kind of wanted to talk about maybe next week. Is okay. stigma mm-hmm. around playing and running modules? Oh, mm. everybody's still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still oh, okay. here. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I so, was just considering the idea. No, we were all so stunned by that, we all just logged off. Well, because <laughs> here, here's kind of my thinking. Uh, um, So I'm sure, like, you all remember, like, back in the day, the edition wars and... Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And whatnot. People, there was also kind of always this side topic of, oh, I mean, it's just, a, like, you, you run modules? No, I make my own. Yeah. And, like... Yep. Like, I, I have some very real opinions about that, because sometimes I don't have the spoons to make my own. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... And I there's just, nothing- there's absolutely nothing wrong with running modules. No. Um, I mean, if you, if, you can, if you can do all the hard work yourself, that's awesome. If you just want to grab a module where a lot of the heavy lifting is done as far as, you know, monsters and stats and crap, that's fine. It, 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 basically, it's what you want to run and what your players want to play. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing wrong either way. You know, I'm, I'm also are slightly easier to run sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm also becoming yeah. a fan of games that are like built-in mechanics that really stress cooperative storytelling. Like, like oh, yeah. I know it seems like we're playing favorites. Maybe we are, but Powered by the Apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, is absolutely mm-hmm. probably my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite new systems to come out in the, like the last ten years. Yeah, I've never gotten a chance to play with it, but I have heard fantastic things from everybody I know who's played with it. We should uh, we should make that happen because I've been itching to run uh, the sprawl. Liz, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, as soon as I said it, uh, I'm sorry. I know it's it's an ongoing in joke, and I love it. Um, I mean, so I, I was also going to bring up uh, fate and fate-based game games also have mechanics for that kind of thing yes like the coolest with, thing with the fate die, with the fate dice and with all that stuff yes absolutely um um the uh god i'm blocking on the name of that game uh sky no oh spirit of the century uh, no no not spirit of the century a, a, a different game that we actually sailors of the uh, seven guys 
Sailors and Sailors Seven Skies. Seven yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Um, which is, I believe, fate based, and it, um, yep. you know, you have the, the 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 thing where you can contribute. You got a little chit that you can contribute where you can create something in the world as a player mm-hmm. and stuff like yep. that. That's it's yeah, very it pretty fantastic. Well, and and what's also really cool about Fate is, uh, I I actually, I I think next to Call of Cthulhu, I think I run the most Fate. Hmm. Uh, Hmm. But Fate's, their character building has that plot story building right into it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you have an aspect called Trouble, which is literally something the DM can use to not only direct plot complications to you but dry create help create plots that you you know like are tailored to you and you absolutely mm-hmm. can then build on it from there yep yeah and um there, and there are other games that that have similar similar things like there are games mm-hmm. that require uh, uh players to create plot hooks that may or may yep. not be ever touched um and then mm-hmm. of course fifth edition has the um the um the traits the flaws mm-hmm. and the bo- the bonds which yeah is which they're fantastic yeah. and if you mm-hmm. got a dm that's really into it then you can do that but i mean was it yeah. was it deadlands where you have to ha- include a plot hook when you when, um, when you create a character something, no. something like that no well, maybe classic maybe that, our, maybe that was just our game i don't know mm-hmm. yeah Um, Well, I'm not sure. And not to beat the drum because I haven't actually done this for a while, but Cyberpunk 2020. Yep, there we go. Everybody take a drink. Um, uh, The life pads. Yeah, way, way, way back when was doing life pads where you create a background for your character and you can either select or you can roll up and get a series of random events which you and the dm can both pull from and uh and have ready-made items of interest that you can uh incorporate into the campaign like you know hey you know that childhood friend that you were enemies with um that was him going into the building where you're going to be having your meeting today Oh, yeah, tra- no. Traveler did that do, too. Do co- yeah, it did. Uh-huh. Do you have a copy of Red yet, friend? I do not yet. Uh, no, me neither. It's on my wish really list. Play it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I'm just. I'd really like to see it. Um, and yeah, you're too. the person I know who would be the most likely to have it. Any time now. <laughs> I I I will get there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just I'm just surprised that um you know you haven't got, gotten one sent to you. No. Well, I, I, like I didn't Art work. Cal- so. oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I figure our someone at Artal would say, "Well, Fran will want this." <laughs> yeah, but I would want to pay the money anyway. So. Well, that's point. Yeah. Anyway, um. Yeah, so uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> so I think kind of to kind of summarize and kind of bring everything back together. Um, you know, of course, everyone's GMing style is different. Everyone's group is different. But 
I think kind of a good starting point should be build your skeleton, but leave room for players to interject mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. help you know encourage them to to take part in that world. Make sure they know they're welcome to it. Because remember, it's collaborative storytelling. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. Yep. We haven't even talked about a friend of ours who almost always GM'd on Rails. But um, mm-hmm. where basically we were just there to see his interesting story. Yeah. And it, it could be really entertaining at times, but it could also get very, very frustrating and very old. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I will just I will just say this. It it <laughs> sorry, he would always <laughs> say that when, when somebody mm-hmm. let me say this. <laughs> yeah. So but when, but he was it was fun to be part of those stories. It's just you understood that uh, um, he knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. See, I that sounds so boring to me. I as a game master, it's like, I don't want to know what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, so, I mean, it's anyway. Sorry. Anyway, because uh, I don't want us to run long. Uh, oh, <laughs> so. Let's uh, let's move on to shoutouts. So, Cassie, what are you digging this week? Fran goes. Okay, Fran, Fran what are you digging this week? Okay, well, uh, it's pretty easy for me. Um, There's a series that's been floating on Amazon for a long time that I've wanted to get into, um, but it's been sort of you know down in the "Hmm, eh," side of things. Um, and somebody finally was like, you have not yet watched. You need to watch this as a storyteller. You need to see this show. And it is called the OA and it is a, um, yeah, it is, um, that friend of ours that we were talking about who, um, who loved to do storytelling on rails. This is the good version of the kind of, uh, films that, that he used to be really into. This is one of those things where crazy crap happens that gets foreshadowed in really weird ways. And it's all kind of dreamlike and, and lots and lots of sort of emergent complexity to the story, but it's all really there and credible. And the storytelling is, it's just beautifully intricate and well-developed uh, to very briefly summarize um, a, uh, a young woman goes missing from uh, a, uh, a uh, middle of the United States uh, town. Um, and she comes back uh, like almost a decade later um, and she's distinctly changed from who she was. And everybody wants to know what happened to her, especially because she was blind when she left and she is not blind now. And she collects a strange group of people around her and says, I am going to tell you the story of how I, of what I went through and how I got back. And I need you to listen and I need you to pay attention because there are some people that we need to save and I need your help to do it. And it's, um, I will say upfront because honestly, because I think it'll hurt your head in a good way if you sit down to watch the show, it is science fiction. Um, so if you take it that way, that eventually you will see this as science fiction it frames it in a really interesting way, but it's 
the the diversity of the cast is really nice. Um, they uh, they delve into really interesting stuff with characters. And thus far, I can pretty much say that there's only really one actual bad, bad guy on the show. And I say all of that because I want, I, I think it'll be neat for you to have that stuff floating around in your head while you're watching it to be like, yeah, but Fran said there's only really one bad, bad guy on the show. So what the hell is this crap? Um, it's just, it's, it's beautiful, intricate, complicated, emotional, textured storytelling. And uh, that's totally my jam. So I recommend it very highly. That sounds really cool. Like I've been, I've been wanting to watch it. I'm a little mm. afraid to watch it because Lost, Lost hurt me. It hurt me really bad. Oh, me too. And yeah, I'm just no. like, Lost, Lost was, Lost had the best pilot and still does have the best pilot of any TV show I've ever seen in terms of, I need to know what happens next. Um, and it, it was I, I wouldn't say it ended terribly badly but oh, it would. really did not it did not it did not end it did not end as well as it began and it did not have the quality of ending that it deserved by any means and i i think i've ranted about the style of writing that was happening at the time in ho in uh, hollywood where there was this fashion for like write yourself into the tightest corner that you can for the season break and then over the break do lots and lots of mescaline and alcohol and write your way out and that's not a it's good a, plan that's, that's the next generation way right um no it was uh um i can't remember the name of the well, guy i'm just who came up a with joke. It, I'm, I'm just i'm just making the point that 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 in fact mm -hmm. tng did do that a few times um, yeah no they definitely did too I, I on, I've only seen the first season of Lost because um, mm -hmm. I, I I borrowed some a friend's uh, DVD set years ago and I was like this is amazing and I mm -hmm. never wound up seeing any season then it ended and everybody was like no no don't bother so um yeah I you know I, the first season was fantastic but um, mm -hmm. yeah and the characters were I, amazing oh sorry go ahead I was gonna say interestingly I was watching um. The other night, the uh, the hour, the way too long hour and a half uh, making of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, and uh, one <laughs> of the and the head writer, basically not the guys who who came up with the original idea, but the guy mm -hmm. they brought in because the guys the original idea had never written for television, uh, was yep. one of the big guys on Lost, and he was talking mm -hmm. about how they constructed the shows in, in the same way to a certain certain extent as far as you know mm -hmm. laying things out blah 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 and i'm thinking to myself well this but yeah but this was this didn't feel like lost in in any way um the freaky thing yeah. about watching that uh, the the making of by the way is they kept showing toby froud and interviewing toby froud and i kept thinking mm -hmm. oh my god this is the labyrinth <laughs> mm -hmm. yep <laughs> I, met his, I met his parents very briefly when he was in college Mm -hmm. <laughs> now yep. he looks like he's in his late 30s yeah anyway sorry but yeah but um that i'm sorry that brought that to mind for me mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I've yet to watch Dark Crystal either. Uh, our current show I, I, we're watching is Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah. Jess has never seen Cowboy <laughs> Bebop, so I was like, oh, I'm wow. gonna watch Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, yep. so Cassie, what are what are you what have you been into this week? Wow, I mean that's a hard question because um, I've been very I've been a little distracted this week, but Fair. um. Mm-hmm. Some things, some thi- yeah, some things that uh, I did watch the second season of, of uh, Disenchantment, the, um, mm. the Matt Groening. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, How was that? Um, well, it was. See, I found the first season to be pro- a little problematic in that um, it started out with this incredibly great, I- great, interesting idea, interesting story thing, and then almost immediately settled into a um status quo uh, mm. that went that felt like it went backwards and then it ended with this big arc the, that where it wound up being not satisfying because it ended with a big cliffhanger arc right mm. and uh, i mean I, I don't know if if you felt that way as well um but the second season to a certain it's uh, it's better but it reproduces that kind of uh, um uh, uh, thing pattern exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's clear that is honestly what they're doing. Um, it's another ten episode season, and it was fun. I mean, you know, I found I, it was funnier than the first one in some ways. Um, but um, it's still, and you know, I'll I'll probably watch the third season, but it's still not. It's, it's a like it show, not a love it show. Yeah, and it definitely not as fun and genre savvy and ridiculous as as futurama was um mm-hmm. i because I, you know essentially it's it to a certain extent it's them one the futurama guys want to do fantasy and mm-hmm. feel like they don't do fantasy as well as they do science fiction it feels much more limited than futurama ever did yeah uh, including mm-hmm. in the in the first season of Futurama, because um, you know you want to take it's only been twenty episodes, right? Mm. But um, and and looking back at Futurama, of course, it has huge, huge problems. But um, at the time, it was amazing. It was incredible, and it was groundbreaking. And this doesn't mm-hmm. feel amazing, incredible, or groundbreaking at all. But it was fun. It was funny, and John DiMaggio is always fun to listen. To. Uh, um, he's just as the mm. king he does an amazing yeah thing. He's, he's just john can do just about anything as far as i'm concerned i do and, i do uh, like his voice yes hey yes. what am i gonna do with yeah. that i can't do john dimaggio mm-hmm. but. yeah you know like my, my my favorite john dimaggio um beyond bender my favorite john dimaggio character though has to be his aquaman that was the mm-hmm. best Batman Brave yeah. and the Bulls. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I also am finally starting to catch up on uh, Jonathan Hickman's uh, X Men. Nice. Um, oh, for House those who don't know, House of X and Powers. Um, I missed House issue two, and I had to wait till they got me another copy. So everything built up because <laughs> you know it's fucking weekly. Um, so I'm finally. Getting so I read House and Powers one, and then I up until this week I haven't read any of the rest of it. So I'm finally starting to uh, 
to catch up on it. And it is for for those who don't know, Jonathan Hickman is a writer. Um, he's mm-hmm. known for writing really intricate, interesting stuff that that you know you're reading and you say, okay, this has got to be going. <laughs> I've got to give him faith, and it generally does. Um, mm. I am finding I am finding his X Men challenging. Um, as I said on Twitter, I can basically follow House of X, but powers they're intertwining series. One they come mm. out one issue every other week. Um, but ah. powers I'm finding very difficult. Um, it's I basically I understand House powers. I'm just going along with. Okay, I think I get it. Maybe. And I'm trusting that it will end somewhere. And after the um, after the uh, the miniseries, the two miniseries, there's going to be some re- a regular book that he's going to be writing. Um, hmm. So I'm going to see. You know, I, I haven't done X Men regularly, uh, with except for a few exceptions since like 1988. So um, I'm giving it a shot because of uh, Hickman. Um, hmm. I don't. Are you reading that as well, Liz? I'm. I'm not. <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm. I am reading. Let me put it this way: I'm aware of the plot. Uh, okay, like, like <laughs> that's more than I am. So I, I, I haven't. I don't know. Um, I, I, I kind of do trade paperbacks nowadays, so I'll wait mm-hmm. for the collected. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is that I don't know how. I mean, they're either going to do it in a combined. They're probably not going to do it in a combined trade. I'll probably do a House of X trade and a Powers of X trade. Yeah, so but the read, way to I'll read, read it every other meant, chapter. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Um, you'll certainly save money that way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I'm still on the fence about it. Um, so a qualified recommendation for Disenchantment. If you like the first season. The sec you'll like the second season. It's more of the same. Um, there is some character development, uh, um, and then there's a, a a gun they leave on the. Basically, they continue to leave a gun on the wall, except this mm-hmm. episode, this season, they put bullets in the gun and then leave it on the wall, um, which I found a little annoying. Um, <laughs> and you uh, check off. Yeah, I can. I can explain that offline because I don't want to give a spoiler. But um, mm. uh, and, and and then a, a very qualified um, uh, recommendation for Hickman's X Men because I just don't know where it's going, but it certainly gets and worth the money because you definitely get what you pay for with it. Takes a lot of thought and a lot of reading. <laughs> mm. So, Liz. What are you digging this week? Uh, you know, I actually have a Kickstarter I wanted to I wanted to throw out oh. to. Okay. Uh, it's from I, Chris. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, do do we want to talk about Kickstarter at all? Because there's some um, there's some uh, 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 controversy going on right now. There, there is. We can mention that real quick. Okay. Um, so for those who don't know. Kickstarter is engaging in some union blocking activities. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they are union union busting without without equivocation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As 
as someone like I am a card carrying member of the uh, West Virginia's teacher union. So nice. I'm definitely I'm definitely pro union. Uh, I I'm, I am also a carrying car, a card carrying member of the Associated Federation of Teachers. So I'm with you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we're just the state version of that, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, I tend to think. Here's what I put it this way. I'm taking my cues from the from the union, and if what they've said is that they don't want people to boycott. Uh, you know, go about your business, but mm-hmm. you know, make sure you you let like don't hurt the creators, but make sure you let Kickstarter itself know, hey. If you support unions, tell them. Mm. Yeah. That, that yeah, kind of thing. What, what Kickstarter said um, the other day when they finally came out with an honest-to-God position. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, that. Oh, yeah. They, because they had a whole bunch of creators who have, who have given Kickstarter a lot of money uh, sign on to a letter saying, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, get your shit blah, blah, blah. together. Yeah, and they basically the Kickstarter response was basically as one as um uh one of the um people who started the letter uh put it drop dead. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there are there's a Kickstarter going on now and a Kickstarter about to be starting in a couple of days that I was incredibly excited about supporting. And the only reason mm-hmm. I hadn't supported one was that I was waiting for the debit card with my new name on it. And now I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't give Kickstarter five percent of my pledge. I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I, and 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 I look at it as not me screwing small creators. I look at it as Kickstarter mm-hmm. screwing creators. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry to lay it lay it lay a trip on you, but this has just been on my no. mind a lot. No, I, no, I understand. And but I mean, when, it really uh, hurts. Because yeah. I wanna, I want, I want to support Heart of the Woods. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite video games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing a Kickstarter for full voice acting. Um, so I actually mentioned, uh, I actually tweeted at them and said, I really want to support you. And and they, uh, the studio was nice enough to say everything will be available. Our packer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I, I I went through the same kind of thing, and um, I basically I'm doing what what creators and employees have been telling me to do which is keep supporting now um you know when when the union says tools down tools down but until then uh you know keep up business as usual but keep that hammer ready so Mm. so yeah like we're supporting the uh the creature collection kickstarter for uh for um onyx path and uh uh, I was sort of like, oh, God, she, I mean, you know, are we really going to? And I talked around a little bit and various other people who were also union members and pro-union and everything were like, listen, this is what creators are saying. This is what the folks who are trying to unionize Kickstarter are saying, which is, you know, keep that powder, keep it dry, but hold it back. So uh, I'm I'm I mean, you, the, I, 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 I want to say I want to support these projects. So you're being mm-hmm. very compelling for me right now, and yeah. I'm just having mm-hmm. having problems with, especially since, like I said, like something like thirty or forty, mm-hmm. including big names, including yeah. big names, thirty or forty 
more than that, I think people um, who have done multiple Kickstarters signed that letter and basically mm-hmm. got told that they have that their opinion has no effect on Kickstarter management mm-hmm. in any way. Um, and that's you know, well, that's and, you know, that's what thing. that's what Vine said too. So um, good luck to them with that. Yeah, but Kickstarter, to my mind, it doesn't have a good competitor yet. I mean, GoFundMe is different. GoFundMe is a Go different, fun- uh, different kind of um, model. And, oh, yeah. and and all the other ones that have anything, any models like Kickstarter are either very, very targeted, specifically mm-hmm. like iPhone, or, or um, tiny, or both. And, and you know, I mean, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to say to to uh, like Bedside Press is this fantastic Kickstarter running. It's a sequel to a book that I loved, and I, I mm-hmm. want to say, can you please move it to another platform? But there is no other platform, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Kickstarter feels like they can play hardball. I'm I've totally derailed this. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. This is something we are a queer podcast. Uh, if there's anyone who should be talking about unions, it's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, yep. and they are good protection. I mean, I mean, yeah. And like I said, like I completely agree. Like your sentiments, I understand. My first response was also just flat out boycott. <laughs> say no. But yep. what? It's, but the the union organizers are saying, you know, don't do that. But when they say it, yeah, my money is going out of that. But Mm-hmm. Until that happens, the Kickstarter that I am particularly interested in uh, is one that is um, it's called Haunted West. Uh, it's okay. Okay. it's from Chris Spivy. Uh, so you know he's a person of color. Uh, uh, actually, just found out this evening, uh, fellow fellow DC suburban or suburbanite. Oh, oh. nice. Uh, he wrote uh, Virginia, Maryland. Uh, Virginia. Oh, okay. So, uh, so he wrote Harlem Unbound, which is mm. what they call a Cthulhu supplement uh, about 1920s Harlem. Oh and man, that's uh, they're doing a second edition. It's amazing. I think it won like three Ennies. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing book. Um, yeah. So now he's back. With Haunted West, which is right up my alley. It's his goal with this was to bring marginalized peoples to the front of the Western story, mm, and good. like, and then you know, do terrible things to them because it's horror and it's weird. So mm-hmm. you know, here's a Wendigo. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um. It's an exciting looking book. Um, it's kind of interesting that as soon as this came out, well, I don't think it's a suit, but coincidentally, this book came out, and then uh, uh, Pinnacle, the folks that make Deadlands, mm-hmm. they have announced they've announced a new edition of Deadlands, okay. uh, and they're going to retroactively say the South lost. You can no longer play mm. Confederates. Hmm. Thank God. Which, mm. yeah, big, big ups to that. But 
uh, I'm more excited about about Haunted West, if I'm honest. Yeah, I can understand. I, I got to be honest. It it sounds like a more interesting uh, take, more a less standard take on Weird uh, West. Uh-huh. Too, yeah, which... and his Kickstarter video is so well done, and his daughter is in it, and she's so cute. <laughs> like little, little little girl like happy as can be wearing a cowboy it's adorable um, anyway but so that's uh that's my shout out is for some uh you know shockingly i have something weird and horror related <laughs> um, so because we have run a little long uh cassie where can folks find us oh well i can be found on twitter at uh at, at tip transformed Fran, and can I can be, be let's see well you can follow me on twitter at ronalyn valor and uh you can pick up my book wherever fine ebooks are sold it's called vigilant through shadows and dreams and it's still awesome so uh it, it, and, it is uh, quite good yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> uh you can find me actively raiding your refrigerator uh and you need to get more milk <laughs> um uh you could also find me at twitter at a little underscore lizzie 22 uh and you can and find can be found... oh sorry, sorry. i was gonna say we can be found on uh facebook at tabletop transmissions uh we can be found on twitter uh at tabletop as tabletop transmissions at t-r-a-n-s M-I-S-T-I-O-N-S. If you've been listening, you know I spelled the name wrong. <laughs> Remember, we're professionals. Yeah, and uh, we can be found on uh, Podbean and iTunes. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please, we beg you, leave us some kind of starred review so we can be uh, bumped up in their algorithm. We got one. And please, yeah. Oh, oh excellent. And it, please, it leave me. us some um, comments questions anything you'd like to be uh addressed this is episode 19 so we're up to episode 20 and we have only dealt with one listener question so i would really love it if we could uh have more questions have more comments have more feedback on twitter uh, on on our facebook on anywhere you see us yeah please please help us folks we're all really tired and don't want to make up stuff (laughs) <laughs> or at least think up topics. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but anyway, gang, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, and, you know, have a good day. Do something nice for yourself. Get some ice cream. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you know I will. I think I'm going to oh, go yeah. get some after this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, folks, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. All right, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.